trench warfare week seven it's already here three sleeps till we get it on so we got to get ready i'm your host you know what we're doing we're going to do a little housekeeping clean it up then we're going to talk about our usual segments y'all what do we do hit miss how did the dfs world go and then of course we'll get into a little bit of would you rather we'll do some reload and we'll make some picks for week seven let's hop into it and start with everybody's favorite segment housekeeping Time to learn, scout, win, and repeat. Let's continue the process. So obviously, you know, before we jump into week seven with the process here, uh, where we're going to learn, scout, win, and repeat, we got to go over last week, hits and misses, stay accountable, right? First thing we're going to do. So let's start off with the misses. And I really, not misses, let's start off with what did I not see? I did not see Geno Smith coming in a 300-yard game. I didn't see Tyler Boyd in that same game uh, uh, scoring a touchdown. I you know, went to the well two weeks ago uh, and kind of really fell away from it because of that. But also just some other things that didn't really affect my DFS world, but that I missed all of New Orleans, Olave, Shahid, and Carr. This is last Sunday, not on Thursday as well as Dalton Schultz, uh, Michael Pittman, really, you know, buying into some of the down stuff maybe with everybody else. But we did miss there. Didn't see Zach Moss uh, going off either. And that definitely uh, paid dividends for an opponent of mine this week in fantasy football. Etienne Cup, Kyron Williams, Zay Flowers, just a couple other dudes that had better uh, afternoons or mornings, if you're on the West Coast, than what I anticipated they would. Uh, not also to be forgotten, King Henry, Tim Howe, and Mr. Ritter, who we got the game script right, but I didn't expect Ritter to rise to the occasion, but he did. So we'll give him his props. And then Amari Cooper really thought he needed a quarterback to facilitate him. Not so. This man is getting his production, regardless of whoever is Back there, Walker, Watson, whatever W name. So those are the things that we didn't see. Now, to go over more specifically our DFS contest from last week. So, to, you know, did the main cash game lineup. Stuck with what we recorded last week here. Uh, did play the pivot lineup, but did not move it to the cash game. So stuck with everything that I told you guys on Friday. Now, the biggest thing, if I had to put overall arch on it, is just that we didn't hit the cash game because of this one player. If you take him out of the tournament lineup and you put him in the cash game lineup, we hit. If you take him, keep him in the tournament lineup, that lineup hits against the cash game. So that player is none other than Amon Ross St. Brown. And if you recall, you watched last week's episode, you want to go back and listen. I recommended him, but I did it in the same vein as Mike Evans. I kind of told you guys either or that was not the case. Mike Evans obviously was the bomb and St. Brown was the way to go. We only, you know, signified him as interesting at 7-7, but said I would play Mike Evans at $7,100 versus the Lions with Mayfield just being able to find and facilitate his one guy and not really pass it around. So I thought the Lions would offer up enough for Evans. Not to be the case. And so 33 points on DraftKings from St. Brown. So the cash game lineup missed. But again, if you take Evans out, you put St. Brown in, everything else hit. Um, and if you take that tournament lineup, you take St. Brown out, or you put Evans in, then that doesn't do well either, right? So 178 was that lineup. So that's the real big thing right there. So really easy for me to come here and say, oh, lineup didn't do it. 
oh, it was a miss. But there are some people that did a miss because they're smart enough to do what I've been telling you guys. Listen to the advice, but take it as advice. Um, most of you are doing your own research or to some degree, right? And so I'm not trying to get you off of what you're thinking. I'm giving you substitute picks at certain price points if you need it, right? So Cousins, $7,100, missed. The the week one of the world without Justin Jefferson was rough, but it will get better, but we missed on that. We said that Jalen Hurts would be the alternate quarterback at $8,200, and that lineup, as I said, did work out. He did work out. That was the play of the game, play of the day, putting him with Brown, and that lineup did feature that. So glad we talked about that, and, and some of you at least went that route. Said Burrow will be a third option. That was wrong. Should have been golf. Golf should have been the third option. But uh, realizing that Fields couldn't be trusted, Rams having trouble playing two halves, so we didn't want to go with Stafford there and just uh, calling out some of the other things pretty pretty efficiently. Wide receiver we missed on Evans, but St. Brown, boom, hit there. Christian Kirk, $5,400. We said he would be a friendly price to get in our um, cash game matchup and talked about why he was in a good spot. That worked out well. Garrett Wilson, that worked out well. So, you know, those three guys right there, if you played those, then you won. You did better than me. And we talked about them for several minutes last week. So in addition to those, I recommended Hawkinson, which did not work along with Cousins. But uh, we also said you could pay down uh, if you wanted to. I didn't. I didn't. I went with Hawkinson. I suggested Goddard, which was fine. He didn't blank you, but he didn't go off. Flex. Gave you the case for Drake London, said I would be playing him in the flex in both lineups, and I exactly did that. Talked about the salary, the heavy targets, the coverage, um, the funneling of the defense, and it all worked out our way. So we were able to bring home huge return on investment on Drake London on DraftKings. And then for running back, if you recall, we wanted to pay down to make all this affordable. So Deontay Foreman, Chubba Hubbard saying $4,300 and $4,400. That was a good price to pay down and, and get some production from guys that would be getting the bulk of the carries due to injuries. That is exactly what happened. And so when you look at those lineups, we had a great phenomenal day uh, outside of the Evans pick. And then for defense, I did pay up for the 49ers, which necessarily was not the best pick because they didn't get blank or go negative, but it just didn't pay off in the way you expect when you pay up for defense. So better play would have been paying down. We also signified Chase and most of his options on the day. If you wanted to throw them in the alternate lineup, and that is exactly what I did. We talked a little bit about uh, the Raiders and talked a little bit about uh, Myers, and I didn't play him, but I mentioned him, and the reload has been in a good spot, and he did uh, do well. Cardinals defense didn't really kill us at $2,400 versus the Rams as expected. That is how it folded out last week. So moving forward, let's cover the Thursday night game really quickly. We're doing this on a Thursday, so added benefit of just having seen this. These two teams mirror each other in so many ways, and by that I mean just the inability to stay consistent. I'm looking at both of these teams try to win a football game, and for Jacksonville side, I'm going to say inconsistency with the defense. You know Lawrence is banged up, but he gave it a go. That's fine. That's forgivable. Not going off there, but they got enough done, and it looked just fine to me. I don't know if you guys saw the Christian Kirk cooking Tyron Matthew in the slot there, but that was a beautiful play. Uh, and then Etienne came through on the run game too. So really the faltering for Jacksonville defensively, inability to stop what is clearly 
a team that is not as good as them. So there's some things that they got to consider about the pass rush, the inability to get home. They did put some pressure on Carr. Carr is, man, he's one of those guys that always grimacing, always hurt, always got the trainer over there, always another, you know, another TV timeout, see if he's okay. Player don't play. Player don't play, brother. Um, but it was getting kind of annoying at the end of the game. They're just watching him every play grimace, hold the arm, hold the elbow. There are other guys who get hit too, bro. They don't go through all that. That's all I'm saying. So for the offensive side, we're looking at, you know, for New Orleans, you got to be able to run the football to open up things for the pass. Like we saw them do last Sunday. Kamara was, was fine, but not a lot to be won at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I would say Jacksonville controlled it a little more. And then a couple, and of course, some untimely turnovers were the difference in that game. And let's us not forget Foster Moreau had to go right through his hands. So that could have obviously changed the complexion of the game, sending it to overtime. But the story here is New Orleans going to have to figure it out and get right back ready to go in the battle. However, Jacksonville somehow, you know, gets themselves to five and two. And uh, they have 23 days now, but and they only have one game in 23 days. So just the way that they get a, I think it's like a, you know, a, a bye week, but they also have like this Thursday game. So just the way it works out for them, the Jacksonville Jaguars have got 23 days, uh, you know, with one game essentially. So a lot of time for them to get healthy. This is good for this team. It's good for the coaching staff. Take a look at the film, assess what's working, what's not working, and and specifically try to figure out defensively uh, what is it that you need to do? Are those coverages going to work? And if not, who can you bring in and help? And just really load up for the second half of the season. But they are actually in a pretty good spot. Control of the division. Doesn't look too terrible. New Orleans, for their part, they're just in such a trash division that they'll, they'll keep hanging around and figuring it out. But They've already, you know, dropped a couple that I felt they could have won. Uh, this is another one where certainly they were ended up until the end, but uh, just really parallel lives in terms of just needing to get more consistent between these two teams. All right. Now that we've talked about that game, a couple of things for housekeeping. Go set your lineups for, for each week right now. Go do it right now. Go do it this week because what happens is over the course of the season, now you've just got little tweaks, right? You've got little things you need to think about um, when they show up from week to week, maybe deal with an injury or something like that. But this assures that in your mind, you are staying ahead of the wire and the competition. Talked about this last week. If you are searching the wire to find some way to defeat your opponent this week, you're doing it wrong. Everybody's doing it that way. you got to be a couple of weeks ahead. If you are a couple of weeks ahead, then you can comfortably chase your pieces that you need for that particular matchup a little bit more. So I know if you've got injuries, that's harder to do, right? You don't have spots on the bench you can hold on to. But if you got the luxury, start setting that lineup ahead. You don't want to be surprised. Every Tuesday, now what am I up against this week? That's not how you win. You got to go and look at it ahead of time. Secondarily, uh, you know, the other thing I want to mention is we're coming into um, a couple of weeks where we don't have buy teams. And that's really weird at this point in the season. Usually, like once the buys start going, then they just keep rotating. We're going to have a couple of weeks where there's going to be no teams on bye, which really means that those bye weeks will come 
for those teams towards the end of the season, that's where we're at our playoffs. So this is, again, stuff to keep in mind. And if you're looking forward, you're going to see those buy slots in whatever app you're using. So you'll be able to understand well ahead of time who can you use and who can you trade and get rid of appropriate time. And certainly you don't want to trade for guys that uh, are going to have their buy after you pick them up. We're only picking up guys that have had their buy already. All right. Next item of interest. If you are 0-6, let's talk about that. This is going to be real quick. Moral of the story, a no cry. No crying. You still got a shot. We still got a shot. 0-6. I say we because we're in this boat together. I'm not 0-6 anywhere, but been there at some point in my fantasy football career, I assume, if I remember correctly. And uh, you must remember that at Tiger Bomb, we learn, scout, win, repeat, but we do not cry. Get your head back in the game. And one thing that I would recommend is if you're struggling on what to do week to week, just go back and listen to all the housekeeping episodes. It's literally just the tidbits that help you, you know, in that seasonal aspect, really, depending on your record not being so good. So that's what you should do instead of crying over spilled milk. And then um, if seasonal is getting boring because you're losing, again, don't cry. Switch it up. Do some parlays. Do some DFS. There's a lot of ways that you guys can have fun during the season if the season is going a little bit boring. And, um, you know, another way is having fun bets in your league. Don't be boring. There's a lot of excitement to be had around fantasy football. You can razz your, you know, friends or, you know, people that you play in your league with or whatever. Another thing you guys can do is just fun, silly bets. Doesn't have to be anything for money. With that in mind, Here at The Process, we are all about honoring our fun, silly bets for fantasy football purposes. And so with that in mind, two in the badge, one in the Jags. Week six, you prove to be the better of the two teams. Like a true fraud, my team was tarred and feathered and paraded through the town square for shame. One of these days, I'll learn enough to be as skilled as you are. And then maybe my trash can team won't need kickers and won't need defenses just to keep the lights on. I tried to say goodbye. I tried to say good game, but your limo drove up and your windows rolled on my grubby little fingers and your tires splashed me right in the eyes with that Ralph team water all over my sad little three and three face. All in truth, Good win, Gabe. Great uh, season so far. Keep up the good work and uh, keep your eyes peeled in that rearview mirror, Daggy, because I'm coming for you. That is housekeeping for this week. We have cleaned her up. Let's play a little round of Would You Rather. I will go through 12 conundrums and tell you whether I would rather play this player or that player this week. Moving straight along to Would You Rather here, let's get it on with our four, our 12, excuse me, not four, 12 conundrums for the week. Deontay Johnson returning or Alexander Madison this week, I would say Johnson 
just because the environment's going to be friendlier for Pittsburgh than it will be for Minnesota. The Vikings are going to have their hands full on Monday night with the San Francisco 49ers. I don't care if it's in Minnesota or wherever it is. They play them on Pluto. They're going to have their hands full. Uh, Pittsburgh is going to L.A. to face the Rams. I would much rather take my opportunities with Deontay Johnson against this sometimes porous Ram defense versus Alexander Madison taking on that 49ers front. Next up, would you rather Cortland Sutton or Jaleel McLaughlin this week? So Denver going up against Green Bay. I think the easier matchup for Green Bay, I'm sorry, for Denver is on the ground. However, McLaughlin is going to be situated in that, you know, trifecta backfield. And so it's not just him, but you've got Javante Williams, who's back. And then you've also got P Ryan, who's not going away. He's the cast, you know, pass catching specialist. And so while as the position, you know, should be more valuable than, you know, the wide receiver position. I just don't think there's enough for McLaughlin alone. So we'll say Corlin Sutton because somebody's got to do it in garbage time. Next up, would I rather play Devontae Adams or Alvin Kamara this week? I know Kamara just played today. It's a Thursday, so there's some of these are from earlier today. But I would have honestly played Kamara based on the uh, news coming out today. The Garoppolo's not going to play. So that means you're either going to get Hoyer or um, I, I'm blanking on the name of the kid that the that the Raiders started the last time. Uh, but again, n- not very positive results there. And so without Garoppolo playing because of the back, we'll say Kamara. And uh, next up, would you rather play Kareem Hunt or KJ Osborne? So I will say Osborne. I know he's in a tough matchup. Um, Cleveland. Uh, they will be uh, taking on the Indianapolis Colts this week. But I think the story with Hunt is uh, he has to be attached to a touchdown to have any value. K.J. Osborne doesn't necessarily have that problem because they're trying to figure out targets and touches without the world of Justin Jefferson. So I think he gets as many, uh, if not maybe a little bit more touches than Kareem Hunt. But, you know, he's going to do more with his dot than Kareem's going to do with his yards per carry, in my opinion. So I'll take Osborne. Aaron Jones or Chris Olave, you know, even based off what Olave did tonight, I probably would have just said Olave earlier just because Jones is coming back off of that injury. And I think the team will lean on Dylan if they need to. I don't think you have to push it if you don't want to. And so I'm wondering what he has, but I'm not sure. So if I have a choice, I would have played Olave. Would you rather Chris Godwin or Zach Evans. Now, I know Zach Evans is, you know, the toast of the town right about now um, because the Rams are hurt at running back and he's the next guy up. But I don't think that the that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to just roll over and die. They're going to sell out to stop the run, knowing that if they do that, they can probably lean on the pass rush and make Stafford make a mistake. So, you know, that's a tough world. But I will say Evans still over Godwin just because. They've got a tougher matchup with Tampa Bay going up against Atlanta. They got two tough corners on the outside. So it just doesn't matter who Godwin lines up against. Uh, either way, his work uh, is probably going to be truncated on the day. I'd rather take Evans than Godwin. So of the two between Godwin's and Zach Evans, I'm sorry, I meant I'd rather take Mike Evans over Godwin. So definitely of the two between Zach Evans and Chris Godwin, I'm going to take Zach Evans this week. 
All right, next up, would you rather Pat Fryermuth or Jaleel McLaughlin? So I would rather Fryermuth this week. Just, again, I'm thinking that Pittsburgh will um, – they, they have their plethora of weapons. I believe they could spread the ball around just a little bit. But Pickett should be able to get it to his tight end. Um, I, I'm thinking low A dot because of the pass rush because of Aaron Donald. And so I like the idea – that he's going to dump off to a Friar Muth there. And as I said, Jaleel Malachlan, explosive guy, but if he doesn't hit that home run, then what are you going to get, right? So let's go with the guy who's going to see more snaps, more time on the field. That's a logical thing, Friar Muth. All right, A.J. Dillon or Pat Friar Muth, let's go with Dillon. This time, let's go with the guy again who's going to see more time, more touches, more time on the field. That's going to be A.J. Dillon, I think. Um, I'm really concerned about the health of Aaron Jones, not to say they're lying or whatever, but... This is a good game against Green Bay. And so, you know, even if uh, I'm sorry, against Denver. So even if Green Bay gets up, I mean, garbage runs either way. I think Dylan can be a part of the main game plan or in garbage time. If they're ahead, then he can get his rushes. So I just like Dylan. All right. Logan Thomas or Rashid Shahid. So, you know, I would have played Shahid. Um, I know you had a disappointing night this evening, but Logan Thomas, what is what is he doing for anybody? I don't even know why this is one of the top conundrums of the week. Sam Howell been decent, but you know, when when have you ever when tell me the week where he's throwing it to the tight end mercilessly? It's he's spreading it out. They're spreading it out. Just look at the offense. Look at the, what they're running. Right. Just go look at the game highlights week to week. They're not looking at him. So. I'd rather play a guy that's going to be out there. Plus, with Shahid, you got the special teams aspect, too. He might be able to get you a touchdown Um, from week to week. Obviously, we saw what happened today. But uh, next up, would I rather play Gus Edward or or Luke Musgrave? Now, I'm going to say Luke Musgrave just because Justice Hill has been stepping more into that run game with Baltimore, too. So you can't even say it's Gus's job completely plus Lamar's doing some running too that's three chefs in the kitchen Luke Musgrave is in a great spot against the Denver defense that loves to give it up to the tight end all right Javante Williams or would I rather play Rashid Shaheed that's a Javante Williams he's in a good spot against this Green Bay defense I know we like to you know pick on the Denver offense uh, pick on the Denver team in general their trash football team of course but this is a very good matchup for them against uh, a team that is a little bit more built to stop the pass as opposed to the run. So I think Sean Payton will lean into that. I like Javante. And then our final conundrum for week seven, would you rather play Debo Samuel or would you rather play Jamar Gibbs? So I would rather play Debo Samuel on Monday against the Vikings. So a couple of reasons. Gibbs is a little banged up, but he's going to play. Montgomery's banged up. I don't think Montgomery might not play. He might play either way. I think we're going to see some Craig Robinson too, just because these guys are hurt, right? So there's going to be uh Reynolds, excuse me. I said Robinson. There's going to be Craig Reynolds too, because these guys are hurt. So, you know, the running game for the right for the Lions against Pittsburgh is not a bad idea, but I think they all share the load. And so I'm just not interested in getting a part of that three headed thing. Whereas Debo Samuel's in a great spot. The Vikings aren't great on defense and they pretty much know as well as I do that they got one chance. Sit the safeties, 
too high back in the shell and try to keep everything in front of you because you're going to need help, whether it's Ayuk or Samuel. So the 49ers job, really easy. Make life hard on them as they sit back and do that because you can't bring those guys up and support. You'll get burned over deep, right? And so I think they're going to get caught. You're going to you know, cater to Ayuk. We're going to get you with Samuel. Pay attention to Samuel. We're going to burn you with Ayuk. And uh, McCaffrey might play. Hey, I guess you feel like playing when it's not Carolina, right? Like all the time he missed there and man, he's going to play. But I would take Debo Samuel for sure over Gibbs in that last conundrum. That is our would you rather for the week. Now you folks know who I would rather. It's time for the process to reload. Would you rather's out the way? Let's get into reload. We've already discussed Thursday, so we can hop right into our action on Sunday. First game we got to talk about, it's going to be Cleveland going to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Okay, quite simply, we might see Watson play. He's trying today to throw it in practice. We don't know how well that went or didn't go. They're not saying much yet about whether he's going to play or not. Whether he plays or not, I like Cooper. They've shown an ability to activate him even with with P.J. Walker, which is fine. So Cooper, okay. I'm not running to it in DFS. If you have it in seasonal, play them and feel fine about it. But it's more on the Cleveland running game. Indianapolis, not a great defense. A little bit better against the pass, but I think that they can, um, you know, maybe try to do West, like just do the West Coast thing. That's what you're set up to do anyway. So do these short passes to set up the run, and then we get forward, and it's definitely forward and not Hunt. Yes, Hunt. Double-digit points last week. He scored. He got in the box. But the thing that you got to remember is his success is tied to that score. Ford, you know, got his touches. He got 80 yards. It wasn't the best day, but he got production despite not getting a touchdown. You can't say that for Hunt. He has to have a touchdown to have a decent day or else he's not going to have a decent day. That's just the way it's going to go. So I like Ford um, over Hunt. That's not to play them both or anything like that. And uh, as far as Cleveland goes, I mean, I like the defense second secondary after Ford more than anything else. I like the defense actually more than Ford because Minshew ain't it. You know, I think Indy is going to have to figure out where they go there, what happens there. But he didn't play well against Jacksonville. They had some timely turnovers. And if they did that against Jacksonville, who we saw tonight, isn't that great as we saw against New Orleans. What's going to happen against Cleveland on Sunday for Indianapolis? Right. So. I feel very good about, you know, get about this Cleveland defense, that front four, putting the pressure on. They're going to you know, cause some turnovers, cause a mistake in the backfield. So Cleveland defense and Cleveland run game with a little bit of support from the pass game. Um, again, we don't know who's going to play a quarterback, but either way, Cleveland should walk away with that one. Reload Buffalo at New England. Look, New England been getting the brakes beat off of them by Buffalo for like three years. Y'all they averaging over 30 points a game against them for over three seasons now. So let's make this one simple. New England, not a lot to like. I like Ramon Stevenson. 
run that football. New England only has the choice to establish the run. They tried to do that last week and it was fine. The reason why I'm going to stay away from Stevenson and DFS is because Ezekiel Elliott is still there. He's getting goal line touches above everything else. So in that game plan, I could see a world where you use them both, but I'm worried about who's getting the goal line touches. So I'm, I'm overly cautious about using it in a DFS. But if you've got you know, a seasonal thing where you got to play Elliott, that's fine. If you got a seasonal thing where you got to play Stevenson, certainly play him and feel fine about that. Absolutely. But that's it. Kendrick Bourne, we called him out last week too. I missed that in the hits, but you know, that's the guy. I Nobody else real viable in terms of pass catchers. And if you want to go there this week, that's fine. I don't think I get there in any format, but that's okay if you need to do that. Uh, on the other side of things, Buffalo defense is going to be in a good spot as they continue to bring back in some players, cycle some guys in, figure out what they're going to look like without so much support in the secondary. But as we said, Allen, Josh Allen should have no problems with New England. They, they've they been carving them up. I like Diggs going against this man coverage. I don't care if they got J.C. Jackson. I don't care if they got Reverend, you know, you know, whoever Jackson back there. It doesn't matter. This Jackson, that Jackson. You're getting burned. Diggs is going to do his thing, and uh, I like him. Gabe Davis, sure, but it's really all about Diggs. Uh, I know the run game of Buffalo is in a good spot, but they just don't trust Cook or anybody else enough to run that football. Allen maintains a lot of the rushing upside for that team, and so you could like Josh Allen. You could like you know Diggs, Stephon Diggs, um, and the defense. That's really where I go in a game that I do see Buffalo going into England, New England and winning. Reload. Washington at the Giants. So, Washington is going to be playing a, a Giants team that's going to be without Daniel Jones against so you got Tyrod Taylor. So I'm just not comfortable in recommending anything, even though Washington does not have a great pass defense. They're not, they're not a great secondary. They've got some issues back there, but the Giants got more issues than they do now. Giants are hoping to get Saquon Barkley to play. That would be great. But I just think for Washington, fine, put, put you know eight guys in the box if you want to and force Tyrod to stop you. We've seen they've been winning games doing that. They did that against Ritter. Now, Ritter snapped in a way that nobody thought he could, which is funny. Or at least I didn't think he could, which is funny. But I think they go right back to it. Riverboat Ron gambling with what worked again. I could see that happening. And so if you do that, uh, I think they have more success even than they did against Atlanta last year. I don't see Tyrod Taylor, uh, Atlanta last week. I don't see Tyrod Taylor getting 300 yards. He's cooked. He's cooked already. He's done. But Wendell Robinson is interesting. I will give you that. People have interest in Waller. I'm just going to stay away. If it was somebody, it's Wendell Robinson. But I got to be in a real pinch and seasonal to get there. DFS, I don't get there at all. On the other side of the ball for Washington, Sam Howe's a thing. I don't think that the Giants secondary is anything to be afraid of. Addery Jackson, I don't care who's back there. Uh, McLaurin's in a good spot. Uh, you could also say Curtis Samuel's in a good spot, too. I know people want to write off Dotson and say, oh, it's Samuel. He's two. Look at all the results. But you're just looking at the results. If you look at the predictive models, so targets, right? Dotson is right there. He's right there. Zone coverage, he's getting more targets than anybody. Man coverage, he's getting as many targets. Um, he's right in the middle there. So um, until I see his targets and his time on the field decrease, then I'm not going to demote him. Right now, he's still possible, is what I think. Okay. So I'm going to be a little leery about 
saying one of those over the other or anything like that. Okay. But they're in a good play. You could place, so you could play how naked. I think that's a really good decision if you need to. No problems with that. But Washington is going to have a tougher game than most people are expecting. I think the Giants can, uh, you know, keep it close. Uh, I'm worried that it's a divisional opponent. And so while Washington looks like the better team, I think that that rivalry aspect rears his ugly head. So we see a closer game. If that's the case, then I think that it's going to be the Giants defense that forces the issue. Um, probably on the ground, which makes Washington a little bit more one dimensional, which could force Howland to some mistakes. But I think it's a close game. And I'll say the Giants, even though they're the underdogs, they're going to find a way to win this one at home. Getting you the two and five in that league keeps you alive. Going to one and six, that's a little bit more precarious. Reload, Detroit at Baltimore. So Baltimore has been very good, uh, pretty good against the you know pass. And so I, I think that golf and his expectations should be tempered. However, it's important to note that Baltimore hasn't faced a bunch. Like they've faced Stroud. Um, I think they faced uh, Watson, but they've got Pickett in there. They've got some, some not good quarterbacks. So the real story is in the middle somewhere, if that makes sense, guys. Golf is going to be tempered, and I think that Baltimore is probably going to play a little maybe worse than what they are accustomed to. Detroit's banged up on the ground. Um, Baltimore's decent against the rush, so I don't I don't see that as an issue. I, I see golf being the path if there is a path to victory for Detroit. So I like the idea of playing him. I love the idea that he can find Amon Ross St. Brown, but that is a tough matchup, admittedly. I don't have any of the... Actually, Josh Reynolds is interesting. Based on the the zone coverage, I think he's the guy that stands out more if you look at the the models. But again, I'm just not getting there if I don't need to for DFS. For seasonal, you you, you play St. Brown and you feel good. The rest of those guys I'm a little worried about. Um, as far as the tight end position goes for Detroit, I just... I. We've been living there with Laporta recently. I don't know if this is the week to do that. I think that may be a little bit more precarious. So, you know, Detroit is going to have their hands full. And really consider last week they had trouble, you know, going into Tampa Bay and beating a team that they're obviously much better than. So I think this is going to be an even more tougher matchup. Uh, I know Baltimore coming back, you know, from London or what have you probably seems like a shorter week because of the travel or what have you, but they're going to get up for this one. Lamar, I have a lot of interest in, and I like, I think he can produce. I'm not worried about the Detroit secondary. Lamar can also supplant his production with the ground rushing justice Hill over Gus, Gus Edwards, but neither. If I don't, if I don't have to seasonal, I take Hill over Edwards. Um, I play Hill. If I have to Edwards, I may not, I would probably sit him and look somewhere else, but it is Lamar and it is Mark Andrews. I think Andrews is in a great place. They can put the pressure on there. Baltimore's defense is very nicely priced on DraftKings, $2,500. That's representative of golf and what they've been doing, and that's great. But Baltimore hasn't been bad defensively, and uh, it looks like another like looks like another one of their patented, you know, some teens, some teen game where you know it's a little bit defensive struggle and they pull it out in the end. I'll take that. So I've got interest in that defense. I got interest in Lamar. I got interest in Mark Andrews. Staying away from Zay Jones, or sorry, Zay Flowers. I think that the receivers are going to have a little bit more of a tougher road against Detroit. Not impossible, but tougher. And I just don't see Lamar going there if he doesn't need to. If his world is going to be, you know, taken care of by Andrews and the rushing, 
and a few one-off passes here and there. But I got Baltimore winning that one. Reload. Bears and Raiders. Raiders going to Chicago. Garoppolo, Chicago boy, is going to be coming back home for a big game. But now I just can't see it. Now you got to think Josh Jacobs. Chicago's been decent on the ground, though. We've been afraid to attack them because of that. So you got to go, Jacobs, and feel good about it if it's seasonal DFS. I stay away from that. Um, Devontae Adams is in a great spot, but it's the quarterback, right? Whether it's Hoyer or the kid that they used before. I'm sorry, guys. I keep blanking his name and saying the kid. It's going to come to me right after I get off the air. But either way, there's not a lot to be you know proud of there. Not a lot to, I guess, be confident in. But Devontae Adams is so good that even whoever's that quarterback should be okay to get it to him. I mean, the matchup is so good. Now, uh, Myers, I'm a little bit more worried about without a you know good quarterback back there. So I'm going to come off of that a little bit and just lean more into the run, I would say. But the Vegas defense, I think this is a great time for them to step up uh, and show that they're here at the party too, right? So we got some interest there. They're, they're a little more highly priced than I would like to see on DraftKings, but they're there if you need them. Uh, the Bears, for their side, we're not going to have uh, Field. So you got the Stedham or whatever that kid's name is. He's so bad, I just refuse to remember his name. Not a great situation at the quarterback. Now, you know, is there some production to be had there? I'm just going to stay away from it. And honestly, if you want to think about where to go, like I said, just play the Vegas defense here. But I see a defensive game. I see the Bears defense trying to keep them in the game because of the quarterback injury to Vegas, too. But uh, on the Chicago side, more interest in Dante Foreman. He didn't let us down last week. And I think that they can try to establish the run this week and keep themselves in the game, keep it close, run some clock. So we like Foreman. We like Jacobs. We like the defenses. But that's and, – and if you got Adams and Seasonal, go ahead and fire it up. Anything else probably questionable in the game that the uh, Vegas Raiders go on the road and figure out a way to win. Reload. Coming up next is going to be Atlanta at Tampa Bay. So in this one, we're going to get Ritter coming off of his best game. And, you know, London's coming off of a smoking game. And the funny thing is I had that game script correctly versus Washington. They're going to stuff the box and try to force Ritter to beat them. Ritter was good enough. Now, the funny thing is he didn't go reaching for these wide receivers. Van Jefferson was, a you know, still getting adjusted. Probably he was not, a, you know, a factor or an asset. What we saw was Ritter use what he's comfortable with so he goes to uh pits again which is great so now using pits in london but he gets john smith in too and so you got three receivers getting double digit points off of the production of ritter that's interesting that's exciting for atlanta that's a step forward for that football team now this week i think the matchup is a little bit tougher tampa bay will be at home again coming off of a disappointing loss for them they're going to be more excited to uh get this one going so i think the matchup's a little tougher for ritter the he would have to pass again for them to have a chance here i think robinson will have a tougher day on the ground won't get blanked but he's not going off you know for dfs fireworks seasonal plan to feel good about it there's not a lot else that i feel comfortable with in atlanta on the tampa bay side of things uh i think you know may Baker Mayfield and company, they've got a tougher matchup, too. The secondary of Atlanta's got two stout corners on the outside. So I think, you know, Godwin and Evans going to have a tougher day. But of the two, I would prefer Evans. He actually probably, you know, can still get pretty good production. 
but there's not a whole lot else. The run game, nope, there's not a whole lot else, right? I think the Atlanta defense will be stout. This is going to be a close, close game where we got to figure out which one of these dud teams wants it in the end. I'm going to say Atlanta goes on the road and finds a way to win it. I think they're a little bit better than Tampa Bay, and they'll do a little bit more on the ground in the run game. That'll be the difference. Reload. We're getting into the afternoon here now, and we get Pittsburgh coming up against the Rams on the road against the Rams. So as far as Pittsburgh goes, uh, you got to establish the run if you want to win this game because you can't just put Pickett back there and let the Rams drop back against him. Aaron Donald will kill him. So you, you have to establish the run. So I expect them to try to do that, but I don't know how much success they're going to have because their offensive line is atrocious. It's one of the worst in football. So this is going to be one of those defensive stalemate games. I don't see the Rams running away with it because, as I said, they've not been able to put together two good halves of football. We're still running on that theme until it gets old. The other thing about it, too, is Stafford, he always looks interesting in a DFS world, but taking a look at those numbers, he's got a lot of turnovers, right? And so this is a lot of drives, but we don't get the payoff in the end that we're looking for. I have an issue with that. So I think here it's okay to, to not be you know too into it. Cup is great. You got him in seasonal, feel fine, play that. However, DFS, he costs too much. 9,500, I can't do that, right? So, Puka Nakua in play? Mm, I mean, the, the the data would suggest, but I think, honestly, the pass rush will be so fierce. I can only see, you know, Stafford activating Cooper Cup. Last week is the sign of the times changing. There's the one receiver. They're not going to have both these guys going crazy. And a couple of weeks ago, I shared with you guys in housekeeping the trade, Puka Nakur for Jameson Williams. And we talked about how it made it seem foolish at the time, but I was saying, let's let it play out. And boy, did it play out, guys. Boy, did it play out. Jameson Williams almost doubled Puka Nakua last week, and he got the long bomb touchdown. So we're going to hold him on the benches. And in a game like this week against the Ravens, he has a primetime chance to show up, whereas Puka's, you know, touches and his looks are diminishing as cups are rising and um the one thing i will say though is uh for the rams they got running back troubles obviously everybody's in on zach evans like we said because ronnie rivers gonna be out kyron williams gonna be out don't get too overly enthralled with it though it's already thursday and guys they got daryl henderson they brought him in he's in the practice squad waiting in the wings now we're signing guys off the street too left and right so we don't know what they want to do yet Okay, so don't blow your whole fat budget on is what I'm saying. But uh, as far as this week goes, uh, Evans is in a fine spot. If you got him, play him. If you're fine about it, I probably stay away from the rest of those Rams running backs. Uh, Cooper Cup, like I said, but I stay away from the rest of the Rams. Pittsburgh on their side, Friar Muth is interesting because I think that, again, the Rams rush will facilitate getting the ball out a little bit quicker. And uh, I do think that Pittsburgh will have shorter route trees, but they can spread it around a little bit. And I think a timely turnover, possibly a TJ Watt, you know, sack fumble recovery changes the complexion of the game. The Pittsburgh defense leads the way in a game that I think that they can go on the road and win. They seem to be a little bit of the better team, at least on the defensive side of the football. I'll take a gamble there. Reload. Arizona has Seattle. Seattle just seems like they're running away with it. And Arizona... Started off the year good, but people are kind of catching on to what they're doing defensively. So Seattle appears to be in a great spot, but Arizona always plays them tough. 
and it's a divisional rivalry, so they're going to get up for it. I would love to say DJ Metcalf. He's so big. He's so strong. He's so fast. He's always in a great spot. He looks like a man playing with children out there, and for some reason, he can't stay on the field. He's running back to the tent. He's running back to the locker room. They won't look to him when he's out there. Geno is a little banged up, too. All these things just so disappointing for a guy that when you look at him, you go, dude, you are it, right? So if we're looking at this game practically, I would say Geno's in a great place again. We saw him produce over 300 yards last week, but again, he was marred by that injury, so he wasn't as mobile. He should be a, another week removed from it, so he should feel a little bit better this week, get a little bit more back to what he's used to being lately, um, the new Geno, if you want to. But the the you know the meat in that the meat in that meal Right, the meat and potatoes in that meal is going to be Kenneth Walker this week. Nom 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 nom. That's the guy. That's the guy. Plug him in. They can run him, and they can run clock with him, and everything else. I think is going to be accented off of that. Right. So uh, Seattle's defense should do enough, but for Arizona's side, they can put up some points, and they're going to do some stuff. Ertz, if you want to play him, that's okay. I don't have a problem with that. But Bobby Wagner's going to make life tough on him. I would say for my money. Much better play this week is Marquise Brown. This is even over Michael Wilson. I know Wilson has been hotter lately, but Brown is getting the touches and getting the looks. I'm not worried about Tariq Woolen or the Seattle secondary in any way. I'm not worried about a rush preventing Dobbs from getting the ball out. I think Dobbs can find Marquise, um, and I think he should be looking for him in a game that they'll be trailing, and there should be enough opportunity in that secondary to find him. So I love that play for Arizona and I just don't see a lot of people going there but it should be successful in this afternoon slate all in all Seattle at home you know just going to be too overwhelming for Dobbs and company they'll find a way to win this one off the backs of Kenneth Walker and the defense reload Green Bay going to Denver we know the story with Denver right so Green Bay Musgrave is in place the tight end against Denver we know how bad Denver is. Um, now, I will say this. Everybody's looking at Christian Watson, right? Saying he's in a great spot, loves in a great spot. Watson's going to get Patrick Sertain. Sertain's not been great. He's been beatable, certainly. But it's a tougher matchup. And, you know, Watson is the burner. He's the guy that they're going to try to make that explosive play with. 50-50, he makes that play. He could, he could not against Patrick Sertain. Because, like I said, Sertain hasn't been amazing. But he's still serviceable. He's still PS2 easier route um, to victory or the easier matchups on the other side of the field. Romeo Dobbs, love him. He's in a great play. Uh, he's in a great place. And I don't mind uh, overexposure to him this week. We want to use that to make the DFS lineup work. He's just in a really good spot. Also, love the running game. Jones has been banged up, said in uh, housekeeping that we're going to roll with Dylan. And we're going to use that for DFS. We want to pay down so we can pay up that receiver and Dylan's going to be a part of that because if Aaron Jones can't go, then Dylan's going to be getting some of the primary touches. If Aaron Jones can go, I still expect Green Bay to be ahead in this game. So they're running the clock out. So we should get some garbage time touches and runs for for Dylan. Either way, he's in play for me for what I want to do for fantasy wise. But for the for the the game itself, the Green Bay defense is definitely in play versus Denver. Pick six. We see Russ not willing, not afraid to throw one of those. They got Jair Alexander over there, if you didn't know, in Green Bay. So I smell a pick six coming. Love that Green Bay defense. Love that Green Bay run game. Green Bay's going to have their way. Denver, for their side, though, they should be trailing and trying to come back. It's going to be tougher through the year. I don't want to recommend Sutton. Uh, Judy's just going to see the targets. It's going to be like, what does he do with them? I stay away if I can. 
Javante Williams we like, though. I won't recommend McLaughlin or P. Ryan, but Javante Williams is that one Denver piece from this game. If you want to take, go ahead. But I think Green Bay goes on the road and finds a way to win this one. Reload. Next up, Chargers at Kansas City. Okay. Let me get right to the point. I love Keenan Allen. He's been great for my fantasy teams this year. But we saw last Monday how he could have had even more production if whatever's going on with Herbert wasn't going on with Herbert, right? And so he just missed him, right? And once he missed him, took himself out of the game really mentally. The limitations on Keenan Allen aren't Keenan Allen. They are Justin Herbert and they are Staley, Stanley, the coach, Staley, excuse me. Um, These are the people holding that offense back. And so it's not that I don't like Keenan Allen here. He's in a crush spot, but what will they be able to do to get it to him? Gerald Everett is also in a good spot. What can they do to get it to him? Joshua Palmer, less of a decent spot. Uh, the run get Eckler, I like it. Um, you know, if they want to keep him out there, he's in a good spot too. Those are the pieces that make sense, but it's all about can Kellen Moore translate that into success on the field? We talked about the Chargers and the Dallas Cowboys being mirror images of each other, and they really did look like that on Monday too. And so this is the thought that I'm taking into Kansas City. Kansas City should win this game because – when it comes down to it defensively, they're going to be able to do enough. They're going to force a turnover at the end. They're going to force the Chargers to make some mistake. They have not proven discipline enough to not do that, right? And so it's not even that Kelsey's going to have a great day, but I like Mahomes overall. So naked, as they say, we could play him. Uh, McCole Hartman coming back from the Jets. Big whoop. Not so much that I want to recommend him, but I want to say you guys need to come off of Rasheed Rice a little bit now. Right, because there's another guy trusted coming back into the fold. So just maybe pump the brakes till we see how that works. Uh, we will say though the Kansas City defense, and we also can say uh, Pacheco's in play for sure. If you got him, play him and feel great about it. Uh, I, I that's what I like. You know, if anything, maybe Tony. I, Kadarius Tony standing around catching the touchdown. That's that's maybe what I like from him. But the Kansas City defense, I think, forces a mistake. That's how they're going to win that football game. On the Chargers side, like I said, Keenan Allen's fine. Eckler's fine. Chargers defense, I'm probably going to stay away from them. They make a mistake or two. But uh, I just don't see them being disciplined enough to go on the road and win this football game against Kansas City. Frank Clark, Frank, excuse me, Frank Clark coming back too for Kansas City. They're bringing him back into the fold from Denver, who's dropping players like flies now that they got to figure out what to do with this cash since they're not good. Um, but yeah, Kansas City should win that one and keep rolling. They'll get the six and one, and I think the Chargers will be at two and four because they're a two and four football team. So they'll they'll really need to take a step back and figure out how do we establish to run a little bit more. Reload. All right. What should be game of the week Sunday night? Miami Dolphins going to play the Philadelphia Eagles. Get the pop going ready. Get that pop going ready. What's cool for Miami is that defense will be better soon. Jalen Ramsey, I don't think he's going to play this week, but he's lobbying to get out there soon. That's coming. So hold on, Miami defense. But they're still going to be garbage this week. A.J. Brown's in a crush spot. Hurts is in a crush spot. I love it. But Swift also, too. Philly's going to have to run it. You want to slow Miami down. The way you do that, control the clock. Philly has a very good offense, so use what you can. Swift is in play. I think Swift is in play, but also Brown's in play. Devontae Smith, a little less. Goddard, okay. I got no problems with that, but I'm not going to go crazy with this. So seasonal, yes. DFS, I probably would stay away. Philadelphia defensively, um, they've got problems in the secondary. So Miami, we know all about the fireworks. I don't 
foresee them having problems putting up more fireworks this week. Philadelphia keeps they, they're banged up. They're trying to get healthier. Jalen Carter's coming back this week on the front four. That's good. But there's still a lot of issues in the secondary. And we all know that Miami's got the fastest group of guys, right? And so there's troubles back there. Uh, I think Waddle's in a good place. Obviously, Tariq Hill's always in a good place. Um, there's nobody quick enough to guard him. But even Mostert in the run game, Miami's going to be thinking of doing the same thing that the, the Eagles are doing. They know about the Eagles' offense. And so Miami's also got a mind to be thinking of controlling that football game. Um, now, they also know that they are fireworks, right? And so I think the run game becomes more of something to think about if they get ahead. But for the Eagles, it's more of a necessity, right? For Miami, I expect them to come out firing. So we do like Mostert, but I think this is more about Tua, you know, pairing him with Tariq Hill, obviously. But um, tournament purposes, if you want to go Waddle too, that's fine, right? You could even bring it back. Actually, leave Waddle off. What you could do is you could go Hurts, and then you could pair him with Hill, and then you could pair him with Brown. And I would use Hurts over Tua if I was playing DFS, right? But both of them are in a really good spot. Hurts over Tua just because they do the tush push, right? He gets passing touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. So it's Hurts, right? That's how that lineup went off last week. But in terms of who can win this football game, this is going to be a tough one. I will say, I'm going to give this to Philadelphia. They're licking their wounds after the loss of the Jets last week. They're going to be uh, wanting to come out and, and show that they are who they say they are. They're at home, and they got a good opponent. Miami has been a lot for everybody to deal with. I'm not saying they're going to play poor. But what I am saying is it's going to be uh, one of the tougher matchups for them. They've got a tough schedule, so I'm not worried about what can they rise to the occasion. But I think, you know, they, they're not invincible. This is the NFL. This is going to be the week that proves that. And I, we've seen, you know, Hill hamstring thing here and there, you know, last couple of weeks or whatever. They're going to be tested. They're going to be tested. If everybody is in 100%, then they could definitely lose. But at the end of the day, I think Philadelphia's defense may be a little bit better than Miami right now. And so I'm going to give them that edge. Um, and also because they're at home. But I expect points in this one from both sides. And so we'll give it to Philly. And this is our last shot. So we'll make it a good one. Reload Monday night, San Fran and Minnesota. Minnesota will be better than they were last week. I know everybody's worried. There's no Jefferson. Then the Minnesota offense is done. They will be better. They will try to establish Madison more as well. I think they understand that. But as far as the offense goes, I'm not bailing on KJ Osborne, Addison can play that deep flyer well and grab the attention. I think there's, there's going to be more connection with Osborne underneath. They were working it to him last week. I like what I was starting to see there. Uh, very promising stuff. Cousins will be better. Is he going to set the world on fire? No, but he'll be better. San Francisco defense is in play because nobody turns the ball over more than the Minnesota Vikings. Period. So San Francisco's defense is definitely in play. And I would say um, they have a chance to pick six. They have a chance to fumble recovery. Any way you can think of to turn the ball over, the Vikings have done it. And so I would expect that trend to continue here against some of the toughest opponents that they're going to have to face. Tough pass rush, all that, right? So Minnesota um, is going to have their hands full with the defense. But also the Minnesota defense is going to have their hands full. Like we said earlier, they'll play that too high safety shell because they got to keep it in front of them in terms of IU and Samuel. It's not going to work, though. It's not going to work. So 
Of the two of them, I like Debo a little bit more. He's going to play. I know he's banged up, but he's going to play. And uh, McCaffrey's trying to play. I don't know if he plays. Uh, if he doesn't play, then great. We like Mitchell as a replacement. I know Mason went off last week. Not buying it. That's Mason's role is the is the, is the the one-two. He's the two, always. And so if McCaffrey's out, I think Mitchell steps into the McCaffrey role. But Mason keeps playing that complementary role. So his production remains unchanged. It's Mitchell who stands to gain. Uh, if K- McCaffrey, you know, the oblique, I these take a couple weeks. You go back and look at guys who've had it, you know, they usually have like two weeks at least. So I would be very shocked if he played, uh, which means that I would expect um, the 49ers to lean more into the passing game. So Debo as well, right? Um, Kittle also in play, but I like him a little less than those other two because Brian Flores probably will bring the blitzes, and so I could see them keeping Kittle in to help out with that because he's a decent blocker, which actually brings me to the other side. I like the Minnesota receivers more than Hawkinson. I know Hawkinson is the de facto number one, basically, but this is a very tough matchup, and I think because of the pass rush, I could see them forcing him to stay in to help block and keep Cousins upright and give him a little bit more time, so I, I would fade him. But in this game, I think San Francisco has enough to win it. Um, Minnesota without Jefferson just won't be powerful enough. And I'm really concerned that the San Francisco defense is going to lead the way of all things. But those are the games, Chris, for the week. That's how I see it. So hopefully that helps you guys make your decisions for who you want to start and who you want to sit. Boom. And now time for the part of the show where the process goes over our DFS fantasy football picks for the week. We'll go over cash game plays, tournament or GPP plays, and sometimes talk about stacks that you can use to leverage your wins for the week. Well, let's round the corner and bring her home, folks, to our DFS picks and get you guys out of here. So... Uh, you know, as far as the DFS picks go for this week, going to keep it simple, same format as I've been doing. These are my picks. It doesn't mean play the exact same lineup as me. I'm giving you suggestions at price points. If you guys have things that you want to play, you feel good about, then do that. Fantasy football is not fun if you're just listening to me and plug it in. Make some educated decisions. But if you, for example, are playing DFS and you're like, I've got $5,800 left. I don't know who to play. Or, you know, I've got everything figured out, but I don't know what quarterback. That's what this podcast is for, right? Now, you can lean more and more if you need, but really the idea is you just, it's a buffet. Just take what you need. Take what you need, right? So that's the idea. But for this week, Lamar Jackson, we want to play him. Uh, friendly price, in my opinion. So I'm I'm not too worried about that. I didn't even write the price. I was just like, I'm going with it. Let me look it up and see, actually. Um. Full candor, I usually come up with one or two or three lineups and, you know, up until the last minute trying to see because of health and what, what, like which one's going to be better. Not this week. This is pretty locked in and loaded that I like these people um, in this lineup above everybody else in the DFS world. So hopefully that doesn't come back to bite me in the butt talks. So Jackson is $7,600, which I like, but Mahomes is going to be our alternate. Um, and if you do play Mahomes, then you can pay down at tight end and play him with, uh, you know, naked without anybody else, basically. 
um, and we can pick up another premium wide receiver. But Lamar coming off his bet, one of his best games as a passer, a couple of his best games as a passer. Scrambling ability is there. Detroit will provide a friendly enough environment. He's at home, um, and they've played some tough teams so far defensively. I just think there's enough to see him take off. So game script blues are what's going to keep me away from Allen. I don't know if there'll be enough opportunity for him. Josh Allen, that is. And then also, you know, I know some people like Herbert, but it's like what version of him shows up? I don't even know, right? And so I'm going to stay away from him. Um, Chiefs are going to be tougher than Dallas, and so I think there's less production. And we saw him make some mistakes against Dallas. Stafford, too many turnovers, can't go there. Uh, Geno Smith, it's a divisional opponent, and they've been playing Seattle tough. I know people are figuring them out, but I just am a little leery about that. Love versus Denver, uh, but you can also run against Denver. And so there's no need to overly rely on him. And Denver isn't going to do enough to force you to have to, you know, shoot it out with them. They're not that good. Now, whether Watson plays or, or, or not, um, the passing game is where it is uh, for. Oh, I'm sorry. This is something else. Not Christian Watson. Whether Watson plays or not, I like Cooper is what I was getting at. Um, so if you want to go there, that's fine. But I do not go there. So for the record, it's it's uh you know gonna be Lamar Jackson um, Watson I won't play him if he's healthy Howell's very interesting Sam Howell but I'll also pass on him uh, but if you want to pay down Howell's the way to do it Garoppolo's out so I won't be trusting him or those receivers Ritter can't be trusted uh, and no to PJ Walker Why receivers Diggs so this man should eat. I'll take my chances with him versus J.C. Jackson. Diggs is a monster against man coverage. New England just wants to play the most man coverage. They're top 10 man coverage rates in the league. I don't see any way that they stop him. I like that, so I'm going with that. I'm plugging that in. So it's Diggs to pair with Jackson. Lamar, that is. Cup is so expensive, 9500 We can't make that pay off that easy. He has to go ballistic for that to happen. I don't want to take that chance in a tournament. Sure, go for it if you want. Uh, Keenan Allen, uh, what's up with Herbert, right? That's the thing there. We can't pay for him because of the misses that Herbert is going to produce. We, If we saw Herbert was on his cue, on his mark, then that'd be different. Devontae Adams has no Jimmy G, so we got to stay away from him. Zay Flowers, Christian Watson, and Terry McLaurin should all be popular, but I'm going to pivot to Marquise Brown at $5,300 versus Seattle. Get a little separation from those people. And like I said, Watson, I'm not too keen about his matchup or Zay Flowers. McLaurin, I could understand. But again, getting guys that everybody else is playing, so the chalk in daily fantasy is not going to help you, gives you that many less positions to use to win. If you're playing the same guy as everybody else, then you can't win. And in fact, if you're playing the same guy as everybody else and that guy doesn't go off, then you can only lose, basically. So you got a good reason to stay away from the chalk usually. London, Drake London, downgrade, tougher matchup this week. But Romeo Dobbs is our third choice. They, um, I know they have Watson, but like I said, Dobbs has the better matchup of the two as Watson should see more PS2. So $4,900, we like that. And then Dobbs and Brown together let you afford digs. Tight end, we can pay up for Mark Andrews. I'm going to pair him with Lamar Jackson. Um, if you don't want to do that, you can pay down at Musgrave versus Denver. Those are the two. We've just been recommending two tight ends. We're going to stick with that. And then also, um, if you want to pay down uh, for running back again, that's what I want to do. It worked last week, so I want to do it again this week. I'm not saying that 
the more expensive guys are going to be bad. Like I already told you today, you know, Kenneth Walker is going to be great. But for me, for my money, Ford, $5,100 versus Indy. Dylan, $5,300 versus Denver. And then Deontay Foreman, $4,800 versus Vegas. He's going to be in the flex. Those are the running backs that should see substantial time because they are first in line or there's injuries that's going to make it that they have to see some time or they'll be in garbage time. So I like those three to supplant our lineup just like they did last week. And we're going to pick three viable wide receivers this week, which gets us back to the cash promised land. Defensively, we're going to make all this work by playing the Chiefs at $2,400. They're going to be good for a turnover, I'm hoping. Frank Clark is coming back. Um, you know They're playing a, a, a quarterback who seems to not be playing at his highest level. Kansas City has been playing better than Dallas defensively lately due to the injuries that Dallas has seen in the defense. So I like Kansas City. I don't think they'll kill me. I would like to take my chances there. But you can also play the Ravens at $2,500 and the Browns at $3,300. Guys, those are my week seven picks. Good luck to you if you're playing DFS. You know if you need to, you can always reach out to us um, for last-minute starter sit But that's how it rolls out for me. So hopefully that helps you make your decisions for Sunday. And so that's it. That's all I got for you this week, guys. Really quickly, you can listen to this podcast and watch it at www.tigerbombsae.com. Just click on the process page and you can check us out there or any other podcast that Tiger Bomb does. They're all there at that uh, website. If you like true crime, baseball, football, NASCAR, there's something for you over there. Check it out. Check it out. Uh, if you guys want to catch us on social media, Facebook, X, if you want to catch us on Everywhere else that you listen to podcasts, you can do that too. Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio. It's all really simple. Just search Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment and boom, wherever you're searching for us, we're going to pop up. Like, subscribe, follow, do what you need to do so you can get this information as quickly as I put it out. And that's what I got for you this week. You know the deal. We'll come right back here next week, talk about what we saw and get ready for week eight, where we learn, scout, win, and repeat here at The Process. Peace. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment.